Welcome to Spinning the Reel, a podcast by Evan and Cody for the people. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Spinning the Reel. I'm your host, Evan. What's going on, guys? It's Cody here. And what, what is your job here? Oh, that's right. He's a host. All right. Today is Wednesday, August 19th. We are back in action here. What do we have for the people, Cody? What's what we well, do this for? We do this podcast for the people. Wow, that's crazy. That is that like a pun already and leading into what this is actually going to be about? Regardless, let's me. not get there yet. Let's break the news that there the news is no of the big news, news that we didn't share. break. Yeah, on last episode at the very end, if they got that far, how we were going to have some big news, and now we don't have big news. You want to break it? I'm going to break it. We're we were going to have a Mulan watch party. We were gonna we were gonna get together. We were gonna invite all our. We were fans. gonna make Cody pay for it. <laughs> we were, <laughs> and I was gonna pay for it. Anyways, Evan's not available. I said screw it. So we're not having a Mulan watch party. If you're upset about that, tweet at us. We'd appreciate it. That's right. I'm going on a little mini vacation at the beginning of next month. Uh, you know, right when Mulan is supposed to come out. So coincidence? I think not. I right. It's a very on brand for me. But uh, Cody's gonna maybe have some plans in the works for a, a podcast while I'm gone. But we'll get there when we get there. So you gonna you gonna go see Tenet while you're out in uh, Oregon? I know AMC yeah. theaters reopen. We'll get into that. I think in our second segment here. You know, let's let's talk about that when we when we get to that. Uh, Fair that enough, man. We'll All save right. it. We'll give people some reason to listen to the end. Speaking of people, for the people, let's jump into what we're actually be talking about. The movie that I didn't think is documentary. Actually, it's called it Boy State, and we'll get into it. But it is political. It won't talk about political parties to the extent so don't Except tune out there we'll get to that too yeah <laughs> unfortunately named political parties of the movie yeah okay whatever anyways i never thought it would happen i said evan no politics on this podcast i want it to be fun light airy as possible but you know evan he still brings his politics in any episode and, and right. now we're just going full force on it and I agreed, and here we are, man. We are going to talk about the documentary Boy State that is streaming exclusively right now on Apple TV+. Plus. That is right. And uh, since you've already rolled through it, let's, let's just get to it. Okay, Cody, you teased it off the top here. The movie, the documentary, is Boys State, directed by Jesse Moss and Amanda McBain. It is uh, A24. It's an Apple TV Plus exclusive. So uh, sorry to any of our listeners who don't have that. Um, but it is worth, I'd say, the free trial to, uh, to check this movie out because it is, it is quite good. Uh, what, what is Boys State, Cody? Well... In this particular case, it is taking place in the state of Texas, and it's 1,100 young uh, men, hence Boy State, that come together, and they build a representative government from the ground up. They're divided into two parties, uh, in this particular case, the Federalists and the Naturalists, and in, uh, in the span of a week, they, you know, they run cities, so they elect you know, city officials, they run parties, obviously, then you have you know, your governors and all that for the Federalists and Naturalists. And uh, ultimately, you know, one from each party running for governor. So it's just unique opportunities for all these individuals to kind of not knowing each other, come together to come and find some common ground. So crazy. Right? Okay. That, that, you know what, Cody? That was maybe your best plot description <laughs> ever. Yeah. It was to the point. It was <laughs> concise. I, I'm impressed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. So I'm, I'm happy now. Good, good. I'm glad. Uh, maybe so I've won done. you we over to my about, uh, right? to my side. <laughs> yeah. So I'd had my eye on this one for a while. It premiered at Sundance to uh, pretty rave reviews, and uh, when I saw it was coming out, it was immediately on the watch list. But I know that for you, Cody, you're not really 
you said it off the top here. You're not a political guy. As much as I try and engage you in the process, you're not really into it. And, uh, but I watched it and I was like, this, this I think is interesting beyond the scope of ideology. And so I, I recommended it to you and, uh, you, you watched it and, and you liked it, right? I did. Uh, like you said, politics to me, it's, I, I mean, I think for anyone too, it's a tricky subject. Um, you know, no one really wants to, as much as people want to talk about it, it just, it always seems to go south, right? It seems like, you know, just, it's not worth the tension. It's not worth all of it. You know, we've had our fair share of discussions and luckily, you know, much like this movie. I will debate you on that now. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like you said, though, at at its very core, it's this to me was more of a, like, it was obviously, of course, was a social experiment and not necessarily on the political ideology. And it strayed away from that as much as it possibly could uh, with it still being there. And that's what I liked. It was really, it was engaging, right? It wasn't a typical documentary where you didn't feel like they were just telling you something or you're listening to one narrative. It was, it was just an engaging kind of experiment that you, you, you followed along and you were interested from, well, at least for me, I was still interested from getting in as much as I don't like to talk about it and all that kind of stuff in terms of the political ideology of it all. But th- this was really cool, um, you know? Yeah, no, and I, th- I think you're right about that. So it's interesting in a couple of senses, right? So they're not broken up into Republicans and Democrats, right? If that were the case with this group of young men, it would be probably like 1,100 kids there, probably like 800 Republicans and like 300 <laughs> Democrats, right? This is very true, yes. <laughs> but, and that's a function of being in Texas. It's also sort of a function of the way this organization in that state is is run. But Instead, what it does is it focuses on the process. It randomly distributes these kids into these two groups. And as we said uh, off the top there, the very unfortunately named Federalists and Nationalists. I don't know that you want Nationalist to be in any sort of title um, in your group just because of its, uh, you know, connotation with uh, white nationalism is sort of its most uh, frequent use. So I kind of cringed a little bit when I saw that. But uh, I, I think you're right that it doesn't, it takes kids from across the ideological spectrum uh, to focus on, right? There's like five kids that it focuses on and they, they all are just to varying degrees uh, on the, the political spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the directors, I, I think the de- directors definitely do sort of stake out a side, but they let that unfold narratively. They don't have like talking heads come on and talk about why, one group of kids is right and one group of kids is wrong. They just sort of let the process play out and they let you see sort of like who goes through this process in good faith and who goes through it in bad faith. And uh, it, it makes it really fascinating because it's a documentary for sure. Like it's a documentary, but it feels like a narrative story, like a, like a narrative uh, a fiction film from time to time, even though everything that's happening throughout is true. Did you get that sense too? Yeah, that, there's no point in debating you on that issue. I agree that this is true. Um, and I, to, to your point too is, you know, why I further liked it like that too is I went to Cal Poly Pomona, shout out Cal Poly Broncos. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the motto, learn by doing. And I, I just felt like that's what stuck with me too. It's like, these kids are learning by doing, and I don't think you really get an appreciation for something in this particular case, you know, representative government, unless you actually participate in it. I think you're at a day and age where so many people are just, you know, maybe like me in, the, in retrospect, like, you know, F it, I'm done with it, I don't care to vote, blah, 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 whatever it might be, like that kind of stance, where if, like, if I had something like this when I was in high school, I think this would have benefited so many people, so many kids, so many, it it would have engaged people to respect, you know, these positions to respect the process. I'm not saying the process is still perfect, but right. At least you get understanding behind all of it. And I think that's ultimately like what I personally got out of it. I tried to look past anything that came out of it other than, than that. And uh, to me, that's what I, I, like, I really liked. I like that these kids, difference in opinions, I get it. Most of the ideology, uh, ideology you could say, was Republican. So there wasn't as much, you know, backlash or tension and stuff. And But even when there was differences in opinions, it's like, mm, okay, you know, no one, you know, they respected one another's opinions enough to not backlash or, you know, the camaraderie was still there. I get it. 
Texas plays a factor. All of them being boys plays a factor. But at its core still, to me, it was like, I'm, I'm really glad that they looked past all this. Did, did we watch the same movie, Cody? I don't know, dude. <laughs> I'm curious I <laughs> Because I don't think that's really true at all. I think that like okay. when there were ideological differences, what they did was they took it to a... Uh, like a such like a brutal level of attack right like when renee started disagreeing with them about secession they like immediately wanted to impeach him and started like (laughs) these like racist smear attacks and stuff like that and so i do think that and and so that brings me maybe to another point that i think is interesting about this and like you said it's a group of boys uh, same thing with Stephen, right? When Stephen, when it comes out, Stephen led a, a March for Our Lives protest. Like immediately, all the attacks start going negative, and like they attack him. They, they don't. They don't agree on ideology, right? Yeah, but, and, like, but don't you think that's just? Sorry to interrupt you. I didn't want to yeah, like, go ahead. Not finish. Wow, but that's like first for everything. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first of many things on this episode. I had my best recap. We're disagreeing, and I've cut you off. Um, well, where were we? God dang it. But don't you like think like because they're boys and stuff, like obviously like there's that whole like making laws and all the laws were pretty stupid, right? They're just messing around. Right. Like, that was, I mean, to me, I, I just felt like it was more of a joke because they obviously had to come to a common ground, uh, not only for their own platform, whether it be federalist or nationalist, but the same thing with their like ideologies. It's like, okay, I don't 100% agree with you, such as in Steven's case, I get it with the gun control and stuff, but it's like, but overall, like these are your core values, and now, now that all the jokings aside, I hear you. You know, you're real, you're authentic. I'm gonna vote for you. Like, I just feel like the play factor came, and I kind of that's that's ultimately what I'm trying to get at with it. Like, you put yeah. 1,100 boys in a room, you know, shit's gonna hit the fan sometimes in terms of, you know, what comes out. So. Right. I'll address that specifically, but I do have, I was kind of going there with the, with sure. the get all of the, when you get all of these boys into like a group together, but specifically to like Steven, I think Steven's um, role through all of this, he had to moderate his own views and he knew he had to, to be representative of his group. But what made him interesting is that he never really deviated from his morals. You know, like yeah. he still stood up for what he believed in but tried to do it in a way that was representative of the group and making sure that he, what he did was leading basically, right? Like, is he was saying that you guys don't all agree with me, but I'm telling you why I believe in this. And this is why I think it's best for all of you. And like, I hope you'll vote for me despite that. And like, he was staking out his position and also like explaining in terms they could understand as to why, like, he thinks that this is, is the way to go and he didn't really deviate from that you were gonna say something yeah do you think that this because you're saying that the directors although not explicitly having like a side do you feel like that direction was specifically like to showcase steven in that light and i think so don't be you like the set- yeah yeah that's it, what it, i wanted it to felt that way. way it felt like yeah. steven was sort of like more or less the hero of the film and ben was yes. more or less the villain yeah and they of like, the film when he first starts and stuff, it's like, I thought Ben was like a cool guy and stuff. And then they, they do play him out as a villain, right? Like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm handicapped and all this kind of stuff. And you feel sorry. And you know, he has his own morals and stuff. And, and then the whole Renee, when it gets to the Renee scene and you know, the, the Instagram pages and the backlash and the accusations, it's like, uh, do I, do I agree with Ben now? And all this, like it, it definitely depicts, Steven as like the the winning guy although again he loses as the right winner. spoiler um but yeah he's depicted it like I rooted for Steven I was like you know I like someone like you said someone who's like leading someone who's, someone who's genuine yeah yeah I mean look how long it took him right you know he was very close to not getting you needed 30 votes in the beginning to be on the ballot to be a governor and he really wanted it and you saw that like he took the time like I think was the other right he, Robbie right yeah who was he interesting just, in his own right but he was yeah. just like hey sign my paper guys exactly where steven was like hey what are you, what are your beliefs what are your morals where do you stand and then go ahead ask me a question ask me whatever you want and mm-hmm. 
to also depict the same thing. Like, these are my morals. This is what I stand for. And so it took him a lot longer. But in the long run, that treaded on top of each other to where he actually got more momentum other than, you know, because Robbie was his in-party, you know, governor competition. Right, exactly. And, and Robbie, too, at the end, like, even though they seem to disagree quite a bit on, in terms of, like, beliefs and stuff, was firmly on his side in terms yep. of just, like, I support you wholeheartedly because like again he projected this genuine persona which i which i think was fair you, you mentioned ben too i the interesting the funniest thing to me about ben there were a lot of things is like you're right he does start off again for someone that is as engaged in politics and and as ideal ideological as i am like as soon as he pulled that reagan doll off his shelf i was like okay here, i know where we're going with this <laughs> but but like he he does have that sort of charm where he comes out and he says, you know, I had I lost both my legs and right, I worked really hard to get where I was at. And again, I don't want to even get into the, the all of that, but like that is sort of like a winning belief, right? Like that, hey, you can pull yourself up, overcome adversity, and yeah. like succeed. But like he starts off there, right? And by the end of the movie, he's screaming about bias for no reason, and like won't apologize for, anyway again not that you necessarily should have to apologize but like you see how he goes from like you can work to overcome anything to this whole process is biased against me and my friends and it's just like such a shift but it's so and this is one of the things that i think gets back to the point that i'm going to throw this to you because you mentioned it like the the comparison i i think of is sort of like lord of the flies where like you get all these boys together and they like are naturally going to become tribalistic and uh, like aggressive and angry. And for me, I think there's going to be a lot of those comparisons, but I think that this is not so much a factor of like a bunch of boys getting together in a group as it is like the rules of the system force people into that. Like that is the way to win under yeah. these rules. And I'm, I'm kind of curious what you think about, I, I don't know. I said a lot of things. They're all of that, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, it does seem to be the case in terms of the rules of politics isn't about, right? Because especially in this particular case, and then you could say that for real parties as well. It's like, there's no point in finding common ground to win. To win, there is no point, I think, because, I, you know, murder is bad. Both parties, right? Regardless, agree. And that's like, that's just a blank statement. And that to that extent, but there's that diversity and whether it be Ben's take on, you know, accusations of he didn't let me speak, blah, blah, blah. And just basically shaming someone without even making any type of ground as well is just as bad. Right. Yeah. And no, it, I mean, it, it, was pretty basic. it was a good political move. Like that was like that very end of that, um, you know, Renee was like saying like, you know, I could have done the same thing. Maybe that would have been the reason Stephen won. But, you know, I still stick to my guns on how I, you know, handle the situation. And and then you get Ben's take on it where he's like, you know, morally, he's like, I'd do it again kind of thing. And, you know, you can His exact question. line is you have to find divisive issues. Unity okay. as good as it is for our country isn't winning elections is, is how he defended it. Okay. And, and that's kind of what I kind of feel like I said that a little bit mm -hmm. was... Yeah, because it also leads to Renee's statement, and this is the one line I took, I think it was right after that too, at the very end, where he's like, Ben's a great politician, or a fantastic politician, then he goes, but a fantastic politician is not a compliment either. And that was the one that, that like, the one thing that stuck out, and I think that's mm -hmm. kind of what we're getting at here, is like, being a fantastic politician, I agree, isn't always necessarily a compliment, because, I mean, look at Ben, for example, like, I... I you know, I felt sorry for Ben at the beginning. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I, I like like what you said, like, you know, rise up and work the grind and all that kind of stuff. It's like, I respect that. I really do respect that. And then by the end, it's like, wait a minute. You know, they did like put him out in this light where he got in this situation. And morally to me, it's just like, mm, I don't know, man. Like, is that really what being a fantastic politician is all about? It's, it's, it's just hard to say. Sort of. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of the thing. And, and part of this to me is that like these kids were, were 17 and 18 in, in 2018. Right. So 
their entire like awareness of politics has come in this era because that's this the last 10 years or so has been this era of basically just like who can beat up the other side the most it's not really been a campaign of ideas mm-hmm. for a long time you know and so like of course they're gonna they're gonna act that way but i i think it goes back to this idea and, and it sh- it really shows something without necessarily speaking to ideology so much i mean i guess it's kind of hard to avoid um like the real life equivalence here is but, but there is like this movie the way they they portray renee and steven's nationalists and ben's and who was their governor candidates eddie or something um they're federalists right it it shows not necessarily a huge difference in opinion in in like the party platforms because they're all sort of shaped by the same average white Republican kid, you know, but it does show that like the people running like Steven, Steven and Renee came at it from like a genuine place of actually wanting to like put forward their views and like run on something they believe in. Whereas Ben and his side just wanted to make a circus out of it, wanted to, share a bunch of memes and like crack a bunch of jokes in the legislative sessions and stuff, which again, it's, it's a a group of kids, right. That are getting together for a fake program. But at the same time, like you look at politics, there are genuine people that want to do something, but those voices are too often drowned out by the people who don't take it seriously at all. Yeah. I mean, to the point of the movie too you're right because you know they made fun of it like oh the nationalists are falling apart and that's because renee and steven stood behind their morals Mm -hmm. again in a room of 1100 texan white teenagers on like the issues of like gun control and all that kind of stuff that was the big one that did come up and that was the deciding factor in that movie Mm -hmm. about using just that one difference of issue but you know sticking to their guns to their morals for you know steven to say "I, i have no problem you know marching in a movement about gun violence and all this kind of stuff and right you know it's true and uh i don't know it just it just makes you think it makes you like i said come to realize it's like mm, politics man (laughs) that's what that's what uh rob says he says that's politics i think when he's talking about how he's actually pro-choice but he was running a pro-life campaign (laughs) because he thought it could win that's that's politics i think (laughs) please the people in any way possible to to win the vote yeah that was the one kind of really frustrating like issues wise and we don't have to get like super deep into issues or anything but like not even just that like all these kids are pro-life because like that's again that's an opinion and if that's their opinion that's their opinion but like to so quickly just go after that is an issue with literally no input from women is just like kind of cringy to watch for me oh just on that particular issue on that particular issue because it is such like an issue that has such a profound effect on women that just like this group of teenage boys thinks they have like the authority to regulate all of those things themselves which again speaks to real life where like women's bodies have been regulated by men in in power for decades and centuries so it does kind of speak to the same sort of thing. I'm curious, uh, do you think that this sort of program is, you, you'd said that like this would have been really good for you to be engaged. I mean, California does have one, but I think every state does, but it's just sort of like, um, I guess you have to be aware of it to get involved. Yeah. With it. Do you think that this sort of thing is, is good and useful? I do. I a hundred percent think that this is, is useful for sure. Like I said, I think you know, growing up until maybe I started making an, a legitimate paycheck, did I even give two shits about politics because it didn't, to me, it feel like it affected me mm-hmm. or that I can make a difference. Um, and I mean, think about it, you know, you can make a difference. Your signature in a setting like this with 1100, it's like, you know, oh, let me be the deciding, you know, one one of those 30 signatures actually matters on that scale. And I mean, and just scale it, right? If you scale it in that nature, or if, you, like I said, sit down to talk to people and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. like, what do I want to run for? Or who do I want to support? Let me listen to you. Obviously, you're going to make assumptions about people like this guy's, a, you know, full of shit. He's not, you know, 
to me what was it rob right or whatever on the yeah hey I just sign my paper and, and i get it there's gonna be people like that too but like i said i don't think that i don't feel you know reading a textbook um reading about this stuff especially growing up in obviously the you know your high school days how how effective really is that how effective are you by just reading something compared to doing something right you can know mm-hmm. all the knowledge in the world but if you don't know how to apply it what's the point and I, that's where i think applying something like this as i kind of stated back to the beginning it's like it gives you an understanding and if nothing a mutual respect for what really goes into being a politician because a politician i think there's even a line in the movie where it's like a kid realizes like man i might be the next politician and i'm just your normal average everyday guy like you know so are those people and it's like we put them in office and it's like mm-hmm. you know you want to you want to be engaged you know whether you start at a state or local level it's like okay who do you support what are their morals and you know i get it work your way up you you don't have to go ham all at once i know the presidential's coming up here in you know 80 something the presidential's days, right? pretty important <laughs> yeah but you know i guess maybe i guess work down you know you you should be involved at the state and local level and i don't think that many people these days are you know in tuned with it as we mm-hmm. want them to be and i know a lot of shit has definitely happened uh, this year especially uh not just with covid but on the political nature of things with the election like i said and just everything that's gone on it's like i i, I feel like that is there's a lot of deciding implementations on people i think realizing now it's how important it is and if mm-hmm. you go push this forward it's like that you know i think it's a good thing i, I do think it's a good thing I disagree entirely. I think that really? this is so dangerous and so <laughs> just a truly an awful thing um, that has been put together here. Like, I, I think the doc- documentary is so good because it exposes just how like insidious the effects of the way we run elections is. And like, it's a perfect distillation of that. The, the film starts out in its opening credits by showing you some like notable alumni from the boys state programs, right? And so some of these, some of these names I'll read off to you, like former Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito, um, Bill Clinton, former president, former Vice President Dick Cheney. Um, I saw Uber, that. <laughs> Uber conservative uh, um, radio host, Rush Limbaugh. And, uh, and then Cory Booker, who I actually think is, uh, is genuine. And like, he's kind of like the Stephen of, I guess, that group of, uh, of names they showed early on. But like, those guys that I listed off there, like if you know any of them, you know that they are some of the most like craven, calculating political thinkers that exist in this world. And I think what programs like Boys State, at least as depicted in this documentary, do is instead of teaching kids about how important politics are and teaching kids how, um, how their voice matters and things like that, Instead, what it does is it teaches them how to game the system and how to win at all costs without actually like promoting anything, right? It turns politics into a game, which I mean, if, if you <laughs> know anything about politics, like it shouldn't be a game. Like, is it effects, not a game now? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like this, <laughs> this documentary exposes just how much of a game politics is. And I mean, anyone that was paying attention kind of knows that, but like, it shouldn't be like the decisions that politicians make do affect so many people. Like you, you mentioned that you've not been engaged because these things don't affect you. And that's part of the problem is that like, we can't get people involved who are not affected by it. Right. And the result is that we get people in office that so denigrate the rights of the people who are affected. And so I think that something that would be valuable is teaching kids how to reform systems and how to like have good faith debate and how to avoid like misinformation and things like that. But instead this is just like almost no supervision. Let's just throw these kids into our political system and teach them how to win. And you look at some of the, the things like people like Ben and, and a few of the other kids you see like giving their speeches have pretty damn extreme views and you're just teaching like these kids who haven't really given politics any thought they just have this like ingrained bubble that they're within like they haven't they haven't put the time in to think about it and you're just teaching them how to take 
whatever they say and and push it to everyone else yeah. um through like but, I mean, hardcore winning winning at the game you know in retrospect too i mean look i mean you still got a steven out of this too right Right, but again, I, like I, I just think you start that somewhere. Steven can't win the process, though. But you it was know? only you only had a week too, right? What if what right. if what if the rules change? What if you change parameters? What if you actually implement some of those things you just talked about? Like, I think for a starting point to maybe say I get it. Like, I'm not saying this is perfect, and I, it definitely depicts politics as a game. And I don't want to say that politics isn't a game because I think that's where we're at. Um, but right, you change a few parameters here and there or in, not entirely just here and there um but you change these parameters things that you just mentioned or you change parameters that even just the parameter of it not spanning a week what if it spanned a month i mean look at politics i mean look at the campaigns that go into running for president that span how long i mean what you you campaign for well over like a year it seems like mm-hmm. it feels like like things start it's like well, what if you would have changed the narrative here? Like, what? okay, we're going to do this a month. Or if it's actually in school, what if it spans a whole school year? What if not, like, that's your class or whatever, like a quarter or right. whatever, if it's in college. Um, I, I think there could have been reasonable change, right? Law, like the laws in this, it's like, I get it, it was joking. Well, if you if you change that, then it's like, okay, we can actually legitimately try and discuss actual laws and actual change and, you know things like that possibly but that's not even my point because i think that um you look at these year-long political uh Mm -hmm. campaigns like in real life and what happens here like the results the same like the tactics are the same you still get one group of people who is actually advocating for something and one group of people who is just trying to troll and like that happens in real life too i don't think expanding the timeline out changes that what I'm saying is that like when we train the next generation of political operatives through processes like these, more often than not, we get the Bens and the Eddies and less often we get like the, the Stevens and uh, Renee is kind of somewhere in there. Like I, I, I found Renee like winning as like a, a person, but I don't know that he was necessarily all that ideological in general. Um, but, but what I'm saying is like when you're running a system that produces people that are just viewing politics through that lens of a game, they're the ones that are going to go on and run for office and run through politics like a game as well. Like instead, we should be devoting our time to programs that teach kids like why it's important and like how to actually have structured and good faith, well-meaning like debates about topics. I just think that would be more useful than something like this. Okay. You still disagree? You don't you don't like that? Well, I just you wanna, I think, you wanna go to Boy State? I just think you need to start somewhere and like I said, like what you're saying is I, I get it, the reform there should mm-hmm. and probably needs to happen to make any meaningful impact on a large scale in real life. Um but yeah. to not I mean, not doing anything doesn't start anything. So, I, I like I said, I would have been all for this in high school. Do, and I'm not saying yeah. it would have changed it in terms of like I get it. A lot of people would, you know, they'd make it a game. And I, I yeah, I think but, it'd be interesting if it were kids like you were in high school going to this, like not really super engaged with politics. It does yeah. seem like this is just a lot of like hard edged ideologues. Yeah, because there was the whole like process it, of you know? like. Yeah, because it, it did seem like there's a whole interview process to even get picked for this, right? Mm-hmm. And so those are people that are already actively engaged in wanting to participate. Right. Which is true. Like someone like me in high school, especially, it's like, I don't want to participate. You tell me to do this. It's like, yeah, do it. And that might, you know, that that would maybe bring about something. Yeah, I think that would be useful, getting getting kids engaged like that. But again, when you're when you've got someone like Ben who literally like has Reagan stuff all over his room like he is already all the way in and like this program all it does is like allow him to try out techniques to like see what wins you know yeah all right well you have uh you have anything else you want to talk about when it comes to uh to boy state yeah here we are talking about politics on that's the right you, you seem a little discouraged <laughs> by where this ended up <laughs> no i'm not discouraged at all uh, Look at us. Came together, talked about it, had our differences, but we didn't yell at each other. I hate you. Uh, Both parts. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, and like I said, I enjoyed myself watching this. I think it was an interesting take for a documentary to be engaged in terms of not just feeling like I'm listening to these people on screen, but being engaged as following along with them. So mm-hmm. um, I highly encourage anyone to check it out, whether you're into politics or not. Um, it's definitely a good stepping stone into something, an eye-opening, you know, one way or another, because obviously we didn't see eye to eye on this. <laughs> let's uh let's round it up cody what was your uh or you want to do the song box, there it is what uh what's your rating i will be giving this a four out of five stars very nice sir i will be giving it four and a half out of uh five stars uh i also second that uh you should check this out if you can uh it's on apple tv plus uh again i think it's worth the trial and uh, I also wrote a whole review of it at spinningthereel.weebly.com. So if you want to check that out, um, it's, it's there for you. All right. Evan for governor. Let's go. All right, Cody. So no game this week. We're not, uh, we're not doing a quiz. We're not doing a no game. No game is the best game coming from the guy, I guess, with uh, no game. Man, I, I, you really didn't deliver that strongly. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was ready to be offended, but like, <laughs> can't uh, even now. Um, yeah, so we're talking about a few different things here. We're talking about sort of the rest of the year in movies might be the best way to put it. Uh, Theaters are starting to reopen, AMC and, and Regal. The when is AMC opening, Evan? I think it's like the end of this month or something. I don't really know. Well, I do know. August 20th. Tomorrow. There you go. I don't know if that's every theater, yeah, tomorrow. but they did say Yeah, maybe AMC not here in Southern start. California where we're still kind of like a hot spot, I think. Yeah. But they're going to start opening films, and, and partly they're going to be doing this because the – Big, long-awaited movie from Christopher uh, Nolan, Tenet, has decided to launch internationally and then in select theaters in the United States where they determine, um, you know, where the big studio executives with their, uh, with their medical degrees that they all have, of course, um, are deciding where it's safe. So, I honestly it, thought you were going to say New Mutants because I've been dying to see that movie. For- dude, that, I still don't even believe that movie is real. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> like it's been delayed so many times. Uh... So we've asked this before. Uh, this was a couple months ago. Like, do you feel any differently now? Like, would you go to a movie theater at this point? You know, this is a episode of beloved like new of agreeing to disagreeing. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely go for that. I would go for Tenet. I'd go for just about anything at this point. I really would. Really? I would be. Yeah. With the mask thing and stuff, I, I think, I don't know, it feels like such a norm now to just go out and wear a mask. And if you not feel comfortable, obviously you don't go out. But it's like, you know, I, I respect it, right? I, I always have my mask on me, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, I'm always in situations where I'm ready to pull it out, obviously, when I need to go into any store or whatever, be I wear a mask. Or if it's someone that I have to approach, especially at work and stuff, it's like, hey, I have my mask. Do you want me to put it on? I always ask that question. Um, and if they're just telling me like, hey, you know, respect that, you know, we have strict cleaning protocols now in place. You know, I've seen it. I've read it on AMC website and stuff. And they just tell me to wear a mask. And obviously you're separated by every other seat. I mean, nothing else is really going on. I mean, nothing else is open for me to go do where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, if you're going to open up movie theaters and I can still get a seat and I'm social distancing as best you can and I wear the mask and whatnot, then I'm at a point where I feel comfortable to go. And if there's something really new and there's, they are going to release these movies like Tenet and whatnot, um, then I'm willing to go. I really am. Um, that's just my personal view at this point. And uh, I don't know how you feel, man. I feel very differently. Once again, we've got an episode of disagreement. <laughs> that's uh, So the AV Club, um, a publication that talks about, you know, film and movies or film and, and TV and things like that, did an interview with, uh, with an epidemiologist from UCLA. And this is, this is what she said. Her name was uh, Anne Ramoyne. 
And she said, uh, short of renting out an entire theater, which is obviously not an option for most of us, there is no scenario in which going to a movie theater is a good idea. And like, I, I sort of agree because I, I mean, it's frustrating, right? Like there's nothing I'd rather do than like go to a movie theater and see a movie, see what, what is it? See like a, a bright picture in a dark room or something. I don't, I don't remember what that, what the phrase is, but like, um, there's just so much like spread of the virus going on in this country right now. And we've done absolutely nothing to, to keep it in check. So like, yeah, you can go in and you wear your masks and you're in a theater with, I don't know, 30 or 40 strangers, right? If they're eating, they don't have their masks on. If you're eating, you don't have your mask on. Like there's just so much risk in being in a confined space for two hours with strangers who may or may not be wearing masks and for like an airborne virus, like it just does not make sense to go, especially where we are down here where, you know, the, the um, positivity rate is still, I think like right around 5% or maybe higher. Um, the, the, just the raw number of positive cases out there is still super high. Like, I just think it's, I get that the theater's, can't sustain being closed forever but it just seems so reckless to like open them up and and try and get people to come in for these new movies uh, i thought that there was literally no way that i would go see tenet in in a theater even though i really want to but like i said i'm going to be in rural oregon where there's like almost no spread of the coronavirus so maybe i i might think about it while i'm up there for a week but like even then it just seems like I don't even, I don't think it's worth the risk, you know, just to like, to see a movie that you're going to be able to see in a few months or whatever at home, like it's not, it's not worth risking contracting a potentially deadly virus to me. And, and on top of that, potentially like exposing your family and friends who don't feel comfortable going, you know? So for me, like, it's just, it's really a no-go for me, except maybe in Oregon when like, nobody goes to the theater and like there's no spread of the virus going on up there. I'm going to edit this whole episode just in snippets that basically say, I am going to a movie theater to watch Tenet. <laughs> and I'm right. going to, I'm going to put it as a, a voice as an audio clip and be like, Oh my God, Evan is going to want to go see a movie. Plug my own tweet. I tweeted something out today. <laughs> it was like that picture of uh, Riley's imaginary boyfriend from inside out. Instead of I would die for Riley, it says I would die for Tenet. I'm just like, that's, <laughs> that's really how people be, though. Crap. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, well, yeah. I see so, we see ahead, differently on this. And uh, I'm not here to change your mind. I'm just here to say that, uh, I guess. Wow, you could never be the governor with an attitude like that. I don't know. We, we won't know. You got to be here to change my mind, Cody. Um <laughs> I can't what, change so what are some of the things as theaters reopen? We've still got movies that are coming out here on streaming, yeah. but also now we can talk about some theatrical releases and stuff. What, sure. uh, what are some of like the big ones that you're looking forward to? Like what's, what's high up on your watch list? High up on my watch list. I actually rewatched this. I want to say like two weeks ago, I, I rewatched Wonder Woman and uh, really mm-hmm. made me eager for Wonder Woman uh, 1984. I know that one's supposed to come out, but I, I I think that was the best DC movie by far, leaps and bounds over any wow. other one that came disrespect out. for Aquaman. You know, nothing, no disrespect to Aquaman. I'm just saying, at a he could have had a better movie. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect, but this movie sucked. <laughs> I'm just saying, Wonder Woman was better. I but, agree. Yeah, Wonder Woman, I think, is definitely one of the top ones. I'm a Disney boy. Got to plug my Disney boy aspect in there. Uh, Soul's supposed to release, so. Oh, that looks uh, so good. Did yeah, they push that good. back to next year, or is that still? I, no, I year? believe it's still the end of this year, like around October the holiday season. Uh, November mm-hmm. 20th, I actually just looked oh, it up here on the nice. uh, on the AMC list. So it, it does say opening November 20th, so we'll see if that holds, but hopefully the end of this year, I guess. Very excited for that one. Uh, I've been rewatching, and uh, spoiler, I guess, for potential future episodes, we want to do a uh, marathon of uh, James Bond with, uh, mm-hmm. what's his name? Why can't I think of his name? Why is his name escaping me? Daniel Craig. There we go, Daniel Craig. So 
leading up to the release of No Time to Die. So we'll see about that. That opens November 20th, it says on here. I think those mm. are the big ones. I, I think it's kind of cool, too, where theaters are playing right now with AMC. They're releasing, like, a lot of oldies or movies that were, like, successful on, like, other platforms. Like, here, they're, like, showing the Goonies, it looks like. It's going to try and open up in theaters or some Star Wars stuff. And I don't know. I like that, you know. I But I get it. You're right. Like, theaters can't stay closed forever. There's not enough new stuff to show. So here they are throwing like mm-hmm. classic stuff to try and incentivize people to slowly come back. Right. So man, to the people out there that are, that are saying, you know, I would die to go see tenant. You know, I disagree, <laughs> but I, I respect it. If you're going out there and you're saying I would die to go see Jurassic park, which is on Netflix. Fuck you, man. That's just stupid. <laughs> I'm going to take a pic, put it on our Twitter page saying Jurassic park in theaters but i mean what is is more (laughs) emblematic of jurassic park's whole story than people going to see jurassic park in the theater during the middle of a pandemic like doesn't that just speak to the to the whole premise of that movie (sighs) heaven 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 that's capitalism baby (laughs) that's capitalism (laughs) that's the whole goddamn that's the whole thing (laughs) what are you Uh, looking forward to man what do you want to see so much stuff man so i just sent you uh a trailer that you watched before this for uh sophia coppola's uh new movie coming to apple tv plus i think in october um really on the rocks tv oh man that movie looks so good i uh i i love sophia coppola bill murray's great rashida jones is great like i'm stoked for um for that one uh it looks good too huh it does yeah we watch i watched it right before we uh, started this podcast and uh i, I love me bill murray so yeah so that, that one, alone that one I'm excited for i mean i do i do want to see tenant uh, i'm excited for it i i do think though that it would be very funny if like after all this time tenant comes out and it's just trash like it's just a truly <laughs> awful movie but uh christopher nolan i don't think has made a bad movie so i wouldn't I wouldn't uh, be surprised if it was actually great. Um, let's see. Some other ones coming up. Netflix has a couple movies coming up. Uh, the Devil All the Time. I don't know if you saw the trailer for this one, Cody. I've but heard. it's got like a stacked cast. It's got Tom Holland, Robert Pattinson. Oh, Neo you know what? I did see uh, that the other day. I yeah, I think Jason Isaac's title. in it maybe. Like, there's, It's just like a stacked, stacked cast. So like that looks pretty good um i'm just thinking be, of just, ending you know things. what hey hold on i'm cutting in here again yeah i'm doing it this episode just just be honest with us evan you love your robert pattinson i do he's one of my favorite actors right i think he's one of the best working actors right now that's a genuine opinion anyone that wants further detail on that can read my review of uh damsel on uh spinning the com. so there you go i'll use your interruption to plug uh, the website again I just don't think there'll be any more just staying on this episode than you saying that Robert Pattinson is one of the best working actors right now. You don't think that's true? Well, I think so. He's going to be Batman. He's going to be Batman. And uh, gosh, you got to watch some Robert Pattinson movies if uh, if you don't think he's uh, he's. Great. I've watched he's them. So good. I mean, we watched The Lighthouse. That was interesting. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty wild in that. You should watch Good Time. He is very good in Good Time. Um, everyone I recommend Damsel to hates it. But I think that movie is genius. <laughs> what and a coincidence. So good in it. <laughs> um, High Life, he's really good in. So the, the only other movie I want to highlight here, because I've been talking just forever, um, yeah, is please. another Netflix movie. I'm thinking of Ending Things with Jesse Plemons and, uh, and Jesse, another Jesse. What's her name? Jesse Buckley. Jesse Buckley, who is fantastic. She is just wonderful in everything. Um, it's uh, written and directed by Charlie Kaufman, who wrote uh, Being John Malkovich, wrote um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. So, like, pretty good pedigree for this one as well. And and the trailer for that's out too. It looks bonkers, like just absolutely insane type of movie. So I'm excited for uh, some of the. I'm excited for these streaming movies, Cody, that I don't have to go risk my health to to see. 
Yeah, I think uh, at this point, though, I'm going to chime in and try and end this conversation because if you keep going on, I think we're all going to end things. So here I am. I hear you. I'm thinking of ending this podcast. (laughs) Or at least this episode. All right, everyone, you thought that we had ended the podcast, but actually we still have to do a closing segment. So got him. Cody, what would what, you think of the show today? I think uh, it was actually constructive and uh, productive and uh, a little more combative than we're used to. Yeah. You know, it's a good thing. It is a good thing. You know, we don't always have to agree. Um, gives us two different points of view. And we didn't know. shout out the other good movies that are on Apple TV plus. We won't. This is our close. There's none. This is our close. This is where we plug everything. Yes, go plug, 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 plug. So spinning the real R-E-E-L. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. We do have our uh, letterbox account that we have you set up. You can find us on .weebly.com. You can find Evan at .weebly.com. Hey, if you With write the spinning a review, the real, I'll post it there, Cody. Yeah, I'll write a review for you. Write a review of Mulan. Or any Disney movie. I'm going to write a review of the Tell new me why Mulan Frozen versus... 2 is great. I'll tell you why. Olaf's great. Regardless, off topic. I'd publish it. <laughs> Honestly, you write me 300 words about why Olaf is the best character in the Disney cinematic universe, and I will publish it. All right. That's going to be a Twitter poll at this point. I'm, I'm calling it right now. We are putting a Twitter poll. Does Cody write a review 300 words or less on why Olaf Should is Should Cody. Best? Hey, you can oh, write as many words as you want. That's true. That's our Twitter poll. That's the people want it, Cody. Them. I'm telling you. Uh, okay. I think they do. I will I will gladly go all out for this if they want me to write it. Anyway, give us a follow on all those uh, platforms that Cody just mentioned and uh, leave us a review if you can. I saw we got another uh, five-star review in the last couple weeks, but Wait no uh, review. They just, uh, they just rated us. So. God dang it. Leave a review. We'll read it on the podcast. We will. You know, and you can find us on anything you listen to podcasts to. So again, right? I'm probably only going to find the reviews the on uh, on Apple though. Yeah, but we still appreciate oh. deletions wherever you listen. Apple right. doesn't have to have a monopoly on this episode. Go check us out on Spotify. True. Anywhere. Spotify is kind of cool. Find There's actually like timestamps that you can do, so you can actually click to certain segments where Apple you can't. So Spotify has its advantages, man. Great. Okay. Bye. Cut. That's it. We're done. Say no more. You should cut it out right there. Okay. uh, Well. (laughs) We do have to do a close.